Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how are you doing? Uh, I'm not bad, Dave. Um, had a pretty good week. Uh, I'm sorry that we're recording so late. Um, we were going to do a Sunday. Uh, I was on call. I worked 13 and a half hours that day. Um, so I was in, I'm sure you guys didn't want to record at, you know, 1030 at night. Um, and then, of course, Monday, uh, Dave had some travel, right? And then uh, yesterday, I don't, I, I'm not sure what happened. I think there was some work. Just work shit. Yeah, yeah. It's all work shit. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know I've gotten a few messages about it. And uh, one of my son's teachers also, um, very nice guy. Um, I, he, uh, he mentioned to my son today that, uh, hey, it's been eight days since, uh, since I've heard a podcast. <laughs> all right. That, that's pretty freaking cool, actually. When, no, you're, that's... When, you're, when your kid's teacher wants to hear his dad's podcast, that, I like that. That's, that's yeah, nice. I know. Well, Lucas, yeah, Lucas came up to me and he was like, hey, uh, you going to record soon? <laughs> but you know, Mike, you should tell the full story of us not recording. So like Mike said, we were ready to go Sunday. We normally, for listeners, I know you're curious about the, uh, you know, behind the Wizard of Oz curtain. Um, we normally record on Sunday nights, but Mike was working. Monday, um, I was actually able to meet up in person with Mike. We had a, a handful of beers and uh, some good food and some good conversation. We were thinking about trying to record like a live a live session from a pub, which would have been, you know, uh, breaking new ground for us. But our boy Steve was not available, so we couldn't go on without Steve. And then uh, last night, I had some work stuff come up that just got in the way and prevented us from doing. But in reality, our real plan was to let all the other pods, like, you know, blow their stuff out early, you know, just get get everything cleared out. And then uh, people are really waiting for Wicked Spursy. So when this, when this bad boy comes out, there's going to be just smooth sailing nobody in the way uh world domination process continues yeah think about it this way i mean we're coming into an international break right there's not going to be much spurs content for people to enjoy this is like you know if if my math is correct which let's be honest it probably isn't um people will start to become desperate for spurs content and that's when we grow our fan base the Wicked Spursy fan base is built on desperation. That is that is what we're all about. We should put that as like our, our subline. What do you say? I can deal Mike, with that. Mike, 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 Mike Clue. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wicked, Wicked Spursy colon built on desperation. Um built on desperation. It, it, it's like uh it's like a back back page of the sports illustrated uh you know advertisement. Wicked <laughs> Spursy built on desperation. It's hey, like us with a truck, you know. If you get if you get enough desperate people together listening to our podcast, maybe we can afford to just do this as as a job. But until then, we we're slaves to our uh, our employers. Yeah, you're not lying. Damn you, capitalism! The medical field. But speaking of speaking of that, back to my uh, my socialist comrade, Mike. Uh, Mike, anything else on how you're doing? Uh, no. Um... Not really. Uh, it's just been uh, it's been a lovely week of work. Uh, um, my my socialist friends uh, and I have a meeting next week or this coming weekend. Uh, so thank goodness, uh, thank goodness, there's an international break so I can meet with the socialists uh, and have our and, and have our meeting about how we're going to uh, you know take over our workplace. 
I'm in a union for anybody who hasn't listened before. I'm not necessarily part of the socialist party, but um, I am a leftist. So, you know, although, where that goes. <laughs> although Mike does support the Washington commies. So, Com- you know, yeah, in the, just yeah. saying commanders. And again, behind the scenes with, with, with me having a little bit of management experience, I do like to give Mike a little bit of crap about his, uh, his socialist organizing activities. So, so there you go. Now everybody understands. Hey, Steve-O, how about you? How are you doing? It's me and Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Dave, I am just great. You know, the weather's improving, uh, sun shining. It's been a relatively nice work week so far. Here it comes, Mike. Um, There's something coming. I, I can feel it. Well, I will, I will share this and, you know, maybe this is a little, um, I don't know what the word petty maybe of me, but I've been, I've been rather enjoying this new, uh, series of posts that I've been seeing on Reddit, not Spurs related, um, but Vermont related. So I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Uh, so there have been a number of posts over the last week from people who have moved here recently from out of state, buying up these houses uh, in in rural Vermont, and then wondering why they can't get to their house because their entire road is just mud. What do I do, they ask into the internet void, and they're often met with these really passive-aggressive comments from uh, you know, from, from generational Vermonters, like we don't buy property. We can't get to, we know what we're getting into. Like mud season's a thing up here. I saw, they so, I do saw a not like out of theaters. <laughs> I saw a picture of, of somebody uh, trying to navigate one of those um, back roads, you know, it, it's from the frost and everything and the mud and it all gets very wavy and crazy looking uh, like it's like, it's a, like it's a wagon trail. And uh, I, I did see a funny picture of somebody with an Audi R8, like just stuck, <laughs> just stuck, you know, and not nothing against you, Steve, but it was a yellow license plate. I'm just saying. I look, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> these, those rivets are serious business. I mean, I, I saw one of a, a, a young woman who was like, it was up to her knees. Like that's how deep it's going you need clearance to be able to drive down some of these roads. Uh, I know my limitations. Uh, I know what I can and can't do in my, my Subaru. Um, I live in a place a where I don't a need su- to worry about that. A Subaru can do a lot though, Steve. You, you got to admit that's, that's a capable little vehicle. Yeah, it can, but I, you know, I don't have super pickup truck clearance and, and, you know, power behind it. So I'm not, I'm not looking to get, to get stuck anywhere and, and ridiculed online. So um, for those of you who are thinking, uh, you know, maybe I want to move into Vermont, you know, keep in mind, we have a mud season. There's an entire stretch of time where the snow all melts and it's wet and rainy and just, you know, we there's not a whole lot of paved roads. It turns to mud. <laughs> if you can't drive through it, you probably don't want to buy a property uh, on, on a dirt road. It's just not a good investment for you. You'll get oh. frustrated very quickly and regret your decision. It's true. I, I live on a, a dirt road that's on the side of a mountain and we live about half a mile up the road from you know the actual paved road that's down at the bottom. And thankfully, 
there's a good side and a bad side. Thankfully, our road is insanely steep because it is so steep. The mud dynamic doesn't really happen as much because there's just not as much like flat dynamic of how that water sits. So it drains off a little bit. However, uh, during the wintertime, you will not get up my road without an all-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive vehicle. It's just an actual impossibility. You'll you'll end up hiking half halfway uh, up a mountain to pull it off. So that's the reality. That's, that's the place where we live. And yeah, when I didn't live in this area, when I lived in the suburbs, I didn't even know that these were problems people had. But uh, we live in a part of the country now where... These are problems people have. Yeah, they're fun the, problems. Just, you know, don't complain about it. <laughs> if you didn't do the research before you bought your property, I don't want to hear the complaints. I... Speaking of problems, Steve, uh, daycare update. How's how's the last week been? Dude, it's been pretty damn good, actually. Um, you know what? My I was completely on focused wood. on all these morons trying to get up dirt roads in their tiny no clearance cars that I completely forgot the best bit of information that I could share with our dozens and dozens of listeners. Scores, scores and scores. We'll see, you know, plus or minus a few. Um, my son today used the potty for the first time. Hey, there you go. All right, he there you asked go. for it, he sat on it, and he did his thing. And I have never been more proud to clean up that mess. All right, very good. Next, Congratulations, uh, Steve. Stack some, stack some magazines for him. <laughs> yeah, we'll get mm-hmm. him the, yeah, what are the ones that you see at the, the uh, pediatric office? They get the, you know, find the difference in the pictures. Highlights for children. It's not Where's Waldo. That's a book, not a magazine. Oh, I have no idea what I'm right? talking about. Let's talk Spurs. Spurs is something I know. I'm getting this highlights. off my chest right now. Stop talking. I'm getting this off my chest. That is Highlights for Children. That's the magazine. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't think yeah, of I, it. Was, I was a big fan as a child. A big fan. Anyway. Mike, Mike went to the <laughs> dentist just so that he could read Highlights for Children, right? 100%. So how about them spurs, huh? How about how about them spurs? Sorry, Steve, I, I got to tell you a story real quickly, just because having a kid potty train just causes this to come to mind. Can I digress for a moment, and then we'll get into our, our club? Is that all right? I mean, it's fine by me, but uh, you know, I'm I'm sure you've got people who are listening to us right now thinking, where the fuck's the Spurs content? Right, I came here like, for Spurs. Like Dave and his damn stories. What are we doing? Not, all right, so for our Spurs stories. So, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> They've heard all those already. So here's my story. Um, my youngest son Nate, who is not a listener of the pod, so I, I don't have to worry about him hearing me put this on the internet for the world to hear. However, my sister, who is a listener of the pod, will appreciate this. So when he was little, uh, probably in the neighborhood of, oh, I'm going to say four or five, uh, we got a Great Dane puppy, fantastic dog. Her name was Daisy. We actually had to put her down about a year and a half ago because um, when Great Danes approach like seven, eight, nine, ten years old, they are just approaching the end of their lifespan. But Daisy was a fantastic puppy. Um, our older son was at the age where we were getting ready to like try him out with babysitting. We wanted to like give him the chance to, to watch his little brother. So there was a movie theater literally a mile away from our house. My wife and I are like, let's go to a movie, you know, cell phone. If there's a problem in calls, we'll be home, you know, inside of a minute, all good. So we're in the movie theater. I get a phone call and it, it's my little guy, daddy. I said, yeah, well, what's up, buddy? You know, I'm whispering because I'm in a movie theater. What's up? Daisy has pee all over her head 
And I said, well, how, how did Daisy have get pee all over her head? Well, I was, I was letting her outside to go potty. I said, okay, but how did Daisy get pee all over her head? Well, well, I, I was peeing and then she walked into it. It's like, all right. I said, I said to my wife, our son just peed on our dog, our dog's head. So that's, uh, that's where we are. So Steve, you have things to look forward to now that your, your son has the ability to control his, his urine and where it goes. The, the world's wide open. My poor dog. <laughs> Bingo. Don't, don't let him take the dog out is really the moral of the story. <laughs> All right, let's get to Spurs. Steve, you always start us off. Where are we going? What are we talking about? What do you got on your chest? Let's hear it. It was a great week. We got back-to-back wins. Can can we just stop and appreciate that for a second? The pessimist in me knew as an absolute certainty that we were going to lose over the weekend simply because of the pattern, and we didn't. We won, and it was convincing, um, which is I- I- incredible in and of itself. We won convincingly both games really i i don't think there was a single moment where i was super worried about the outcome of either game if i'm if i'm really honest with myself there there really wasn't a whole lot to to worry about you know there were a couple defensive lapses i'm thinking about um antonio's opportunity uh in the west hand game where he he put it wide but outside of that i mean we bossed them. Romero is an absolute brick wall. Benton Kerr, incredible midfielder. And you know what? I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to give a shout-out to the unsung hero, Hoybjerg, who has been constantly shit on by this fan base recently. And if you look at the underlying numbers behind their performances, he wasn't that much different than Benton Kerr. Everybody has been raving about Benton Kerr and, and his phenomenal performance rightly so the dude was collected he was calm he was professional but was putting up similar numbers steve hold on a sec mike i I have a question for you mike i feel like steve is playing total mind games with us right now because i feel like steve is doing like the weird alternate universe version of his conspiracy theory uh segment and like being weirdly optimistic and maybe slightly out of control. Do you have an opinion on this before we let Steve continue? Um, he might be on some sort of, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. Steve's, uh, Steve's incredibly happy. Uh, I, I think that there, there's reason for that. Uh, I, I, I agree with everything he's saying. Um, Benton Kerr, um, he like I could say over over the weekend um, that the only two hours that I was able to actually sit down and relax instead of being you know out of my mind working was during the Spurs match and I think and I think whatever forces are out there for allowing that to happen because I think if I had had to uh, endure the constant um, WhatsApp chat, you know, commentary from you guys without looking at it and having to watch the game later, I would have lost my fucking mind. Luckily, I got to watch it in between my cases at work. Um, 
And I've got to say that um, that West Ham match was dominance. It was absolute dominance. Um, there were a number of things that happened even outside of the game that were, that were funny and, and wonderful and, you know, and, uh, and, and very telling. Um, I think that the fans are finally starting to have an effect in Tottenham Hotspur stadium. Um, I think that, you know, the way that the stadium was built was, it was built to be a large stadium, but have a feel of a smaller stadium when you're, when you're down closer to the field. I think that the, the, and the fans are probably going to start getting that, that feeling for the game. Like they used to have at White Hart Lane. Um, so I, I, you know, I just think that Steve's absolutely, Steve's absolutely right. So, um, you know, he's got reason to be happy. And I, I don't, I don't want to take it away from him. And, so if, I, and if, and if, and if Spurs are that drug that gets him there, I can, you know, don't overdose, but whatever, whatever Steve you know, is on, I want some of it. So Steve, keep bringing Spurs, it in, mo- Spurs in moderation is what I'm Spurs saying. In- <laughs> Spurs in moderation. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve, man, back to you. Sorry for the uh, digression, but I just needed a sanity check really quickly. Look, I get it. The insanity is coming a little later on. Don't you worry. I've got that all primed and ready to go just for you. Uh, now that Conte's a millionaire, right? A multi-millionaire. He bet the farm on that game. I'm winning that, winning that West Ham game. And it worked out for him, clearly. Um, but anyway. yeah, you know, I, I just want to reiterate you know, Hoybjerg with Benton Kerr alongside him is a much better player. And I do not want to hear any more shit talking in his direction. Could we improve in that position? Yeah, sure. You know, but it to me, it's not really anything we need to worry about uh, in the immediate future. We have other positions that that are in more desperate need of reinforcement. As long they as long as Hoyberg and Pentinker are, are healthy and playing together, I'm happy. Um, it's you know when we have to rely on somebody like uh, like I don't know Winks uh, and Hoyberg that it gets a little uh, iffy, a little dicey there. Um, but no, I, I'm pleased with uh, with the midfield performance. I'm pleased with how they bossed uh, West Ham and Brighton. Can't forget about them. Um, but for me, you know what, I'm going to answer your question, Dave, you know what I've got that is making me so happy, something that is just boosting my mood to such elevated heights. What is it, Steve? It's a ginger from Sweden. Ooh. Yep. My, my man, Decky. I am Jimmy. so so pleased with what he brings to the team uh you know his his stats have been mentioned uh you know in, in the past he's had you know goals and assists in his first few games relative dry spell uh over the past week but uh you know it was his ricochet off of uh romero that got us the opener against brighton so i, I i'm counting that as an assist um intentional or not but some of his movement is just it, you know, he's not the quickest, but he's so smart. 
I'm thinking about his uh, his little flick pass to Kane in a, a build up to a chance at, at West Ham uh, this past weekend. Um, but man, this guy is like the missing piece to our attack. You know, I've talked in the past about how essentially our attack for for a long time has just been Kane and Son, and now we've got that third piece that just stretches the game out a bit more. Uh, and, and it's just remarkable to see the difference uh, in our front three over the last couple of games, especially Brighton and, and West Ham. They have just looked like they could make things happen. Son in particular, I mean, I've we've been ragging on him for, for his performances uh, recently. And I mean, to be honest, there's still chances at Brighton um, and even a couple at West Ham that he probably should have put away. But he he's looking like he's a more confident player over the last two games than he had been for the month prior. And I think a large part of that is is the burden is shared now. It's not just Son and Kane. It's Son, Kane, and Kulisevsky. Um, they're, they're all contributing in their own ways. We've got a, a midfield duo that is just dominant. Um, we've got defenders who are just no nonsense. I'm going to just body anybody who gets close to me when your biggest criticism is the inconsistency of of Regiad, who is somebody that has been a little frustrating over the last couple of games but i wouldn't say he's bad um necessarily you know could he do better for sure uh but he's it, it's not like a pre-renaissance doherty where he was an absolute liability right? Like he was just, he's not great, but he's not detrimental to the way the team's playing. Uh, and if that's your big criticism from the week, I'm happy with that. You know, if we get a, a, a new wing back uh, over the summer, you know, that might be fine, but you know, I, I can't think of a single, uh, a single player who wasn't out there giving it their all and, and contributing in a positive way to the team in some aspect. Uh, it, man, I could just talk about Romero's tackles for probably the rest of this time. But, uh, I, you know, who else is a big Romero fan? Our boy, Mike. Mike. Segway. Yeah, there's the segue. I'm, I'm passing it right over to you, Mike. I want you to tell me all about your new man crush on our man, Romero. That guy, what a handsome, handsome motherfucker. It would help if we had audio to go along with uh, your your bearded visage. You can't hear me? Now I can. Okay. We got you. And we heard you talk about how handsome Romero was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's fucking handsome, right? He really is. But the thing is, is that along with being handsome he's he's a bad bad dude man um for being a guy who picks up a yellow card on such a consistent basis and shit houses as much as he does he's pretty friggin' composed you know when when the ball comes comes anywhere near him uh anywhere near the box anywhere anywhere near his side of the field he's pretty goddamn composed um and because it's been so long um since since the games i i went back and watched the you know the extended replays and there was one point in the west ham match where uh where west ham actually got control of the ball 
and Romero, because for some reason he kept on finding, well, he kept on finding himself very, very forward the past two games. Um, he's trailing behind. And as West Ham kind of settles into their, to their offensive uh, positions, Romero went from one person to the next, following the ball all the way across the field and then back the other way through the box. And it was pretty insane um, to see. And you don't, we haven't seen, you know, defensive prowess like this uh, at Spurs since, dare I say, like Toby and Jan, right? Um, I think we've got a really, really, really great pairing with the two of them. Um, I think Conte knows how to make make things work with the two of them. I, I don't know that, you know, I, I did say that, you know, Dave Sanchez would be okay to throw in there. He might have to be because if Romero keeps picking up yellows on the <laughs> the way he does, he's got, what, two more before he uh, gets sent off for a couple of games? Yeah, I think so. Right. So that he's got to, he's got to really, he's got to really make sure that <clears throat> he either plays his strategic yellows and, and, um, and gets his send off um, so that he can come back and play the rest of the season without worrying about it. Um, or he's really got to back the fuck off. My thought, get those yellows. Um Seriously, get those yellows. Get yourself set off for say, what's Brentford? He's coming up. Get yourself set off for Brentford. You know, so that so that you know, we have we have Dave Sanchez who can fill in at that point. Um, so um, outside of that, like, there's not much to say about Brighton. That game was kind of boring. Um, Romero stole a goal from Kulisowski. <laughs> And I still don't know why he was that far up. Uh, I don't know how it happened or why it happened. Um, uh, but that that game was that game was just kind of like, all right, let's go. It was very workmanlike. Just let's go up. Uh, let's go down. Let's get our win. Let's get out of there. You know, it was rainy. It was shitty on the seacoast, whatever. And uh, they got their they got their win and got the fuck out of town and uh, prepare for West Ham. Um, I don't think Brighton was ever going to be an, an issue for them. Um, they've they're in really really bad form. Um, their big guy is Mope, and that's kind of not the not not really the guy you want leading your team. They have some nice players like Solly Marsh. I think is a really nice player, um, and they got a really great coach. But I, things just aren't clicking for them right now. Um, getting so getting to the weekend um yeah man again like the crowd was the crowd was into it um i think they were having an effect on the game um the crowd was into it and west ham weren't into it they um got worn down and i so i love the way that like um spurs are playing now because of the counter-attacking football that they're playing it's not like Mourinho's counterattack where just like, you know, that low block, that low block encounter bullshit um, that doesn't really work anymore in, in, in the premier league. Um, that was kind of fun at times when you had Kane and son getting out and runs, you know, it was like, boom, 
at the drop of a hat, anything could happen. You got Kane and Son just running, right? Um, at the same time, you could concede a stupid goal because of that that strategy, uh, because we didn't have players that could fit that system and, and defend that way. Um, with Conte's system, it's more of a. It, it seems to me to be more of a like a like a mid block um, kind of a kind of a system. Um, make them, you know, chase the ball, make them make stupid passes and uh and turn the ball over um and then you have that run but not not only do you have son and kane making those runs now you have guys like kulosevsky you have benton kerr and hoiberg um turning ball turning guys over and and getting those balls to 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 the men up front and you know Kulisevsky is going to be really, really hard to, to game plan for and defend when you have those other two guys there. So in the past, you could just, you could defend Harry Kane and son, you know, eight times out of 10, it wasn't going to work for you, but those two times, like now, now you have a, a third guy you're going to throw in there. Who's going to press the ball. Who's going to push the ball forward uh, lots of times it seems like he kills that he kills that run, but it's very it's very calculated on his part, very strategic, and it's really crazy because he's so young, he's so young. He strategically runs with the team, slows the ball down, cross the ball into the players, or even taps the ball into the players when he gets into the box, makes those really quick passes, uh, like he did. Well, who was? It was in the West Ham West Ham game. Um, I want to say it might have been Sonny, but um, that he had a chance to shoot, and Zuma kind of stuck his fucking stupid face in there. So he kind of just tapped the ball off to the side of Sonny, and Sonny ended up missing the shot. But um, it's it's those kind of it's those kind of things that he does where it's it 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 it's kind of magical. In the past, you could just like you knew it was going to be Lucas, right? And you knew Lucas was going to fucking dribble because he dribbles with his head down. He's going to dribble straight into somebody. Um, so they didn't really have to defend Lucas. You know, Mike, we've we've between the two of us, we've raved a lot about some really incredible players. But there's something that I, I feel we would be remiss if we did not mention. And that is the real MVP of the West Ham game. Uh, and my shout for that goes to the dude standing behind the corner flag that had the sign that said Kurt Zuma shags cats. <laughs> and his I friend thought, with I the inflatable the, cat. I really <laughs> thought the inflatable cat was the MVP. <laughs> inflatable cat. That's, you know, close second in my poll, but uh, I, I really appreciate mm. the fans not letting that what, animal abuse. Where is there, uh, where is that that there a number of them? Oh yeah. It was like a, somebody described it as a Jimmy Buffett concert with the beach balls. Like, just inflatable cats everywhere. Ah, um, so I, I do want to make one point. Um, Bettenker, uh, I know we talk about Romero. Holy cow. Uh, this guy's composure is insane. When you get that ball <laughs> um, outside, just outside of the box, I thought for sure he was going to lose the ball. He did a little dipsy do twirly thing with the ball, like he, the ball never even, I don't even know if the ball even moved. He just kind of twirled around it, watched two guys go by him and then just kind of took off and passed the ball. Yeah. I shit myself when he did that. I, thought, I honest I, to God thought that 
I oh thought, my god oh no oh no oh no yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um here's what i, I can't here's here what i can't go. believe here we go here come the boo birds they're gonna they're gonna you know come after bentonker now they came after kulisevsky after 20 fucking minutes they're gonna come after bentonker now what's crazy to me is i think my three favorite players in the club right now are the three guys that we've we've mentioned kulisevsky bentonker romero all signed by Fabio, right? Like j- just the fact that the, the guys that we have brought in, not every one of them, but the guys that we've brought in are bringing it. It's impressive. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, I mean, I do. I, I like it too. And it's kind of like, it, it, you think they're probably like, they have a thing together because they were the guys who were brought in for, you know, they're not, they weren't the regulars. They're the irregulars or whatever. But I think they fit into the team. Like Romero's got this weird love affair with fucking Sonny. Um, kind of mas- masochistic, I guess, because he beats the shit out of him. Um, you know? Yeah, yeah, have you yeah. seen it? Like he grabs his hair and shit. And like, and he's always got him in like a headlock or something. And uh, it, it's it's kind of funny. But like, I, do, you, do you have a weird YouTube channel that we don't have or something like that? What, what are you getting at here? Do you not see this stuff? No, I, I actually know what he's talking about. But it's Romero, crazy, like, I think that's just Romero. I think he's just like a tough guy who just there like, were some scenes where he get they got they got subbed off together at the same time and or you know and Sonny comes and sits down on the bench and you know Romero grabs him, he pulls his hair like after the games, he's got him in a headlock, and it's like they have this weird little Sonny makes these connections with, with everybody on the team. And he's got he's got a little thing with everybody on the team. And, and uh, I'm not saying that he's the girl that's passed around or whatever, but, you know, he's got a nice, he's got a nice smile and he's handsome <laughs> and, uh, and he's a, he's a team favorite, you know? So <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I yeah, to... We're, we're going to stop you before you end up on a road. I really just want to end with, with Sonny, <laughs> Sonny's resurgence uh, in the past few games. Um, I don't know. I don't it, it probably has something to do with the fact that he's finally like finding his footing after coming back from his injury. And it just took him some time. We know that Harry Kane always takes time coming back from injuries before he starts finding his footing And you know, Sonny's getting up there in age too, um, you know, premier league age. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be time. There's going to take time for him to get back to where he was and, you know, it takes time if you're having some some confidence issues, it takes time to get over that stuff. You know, I mean, in anything you do in your life, it takes time to get over that stuff. And and the sun, the, the sunny resurgence is just I, I, I really enjoy the fact that he's um, happy again, uh, you know, because we haven't seen really that smile for a long time. You know, you, you, you saw looks of concern on his face. You saw. You saw him, you know, struggling to to handle the ball, take shots when he needs to. He was falling all over the place. I yelled, I yelled at him last week about his spikes. Uh, you know, yeah. So, so on that on that note, um, Mike, we're gonna we're gonna shift to our favorite segment in a few minutes, just so you know. But as we get ourselves there, I have several potential episode names for you gentlemen to weigh in on. 
And uh, it doesn't mean that the, the voting is closed. We still may have some opportunities coming up, but there have been some good ones this, during this recording. So I'm going to throw these out to you. So the first speaks to what Mike just said. Uh, building on last week, we our pod was called the Sun Hypothesis. Uh, so the Sun Resurgence is one, one option. Just keep that in mind. Another option is built on desperation. The third option would be mud season, which may be just way too regional and only we'd understand, but it's a good one. Um, another option would be spurs in moderation. And the final option at the moment would be Kurt Zuma shags cats. So I'm curious, <laughs> uh, do, do any of those options stand oh, out to you boys as, as the current front runner to, uh, to maybe lead us into the halfway mark? Steve? Steve go first this time. Oh gosh. Um, you know, I, I like the desperation bit. I, I think that's a good one. Um, that one made me laugh. Uh, I don't like the idea of putting uh, Kurt Zuma's name uh, in our, our title for any Fair. any reason. Uh, he's a piece of shit. And uh, I think uh, we'd all be better off just remembering the, uh, the cats. Remember the cats. <laughs> all right. Understood. Understood. Mike, opinions? I like Spurs in moderation. Oh, and, and, and I'll, right. have a reason, I'll have a reason for that later on when, when we when we move through Steve's conspiracies. A yeah. compromise, Spurs in desperation. <laughs> we will see where yeah. things land, boys. I, I know how you feel right now, so that's good. Hey, Which it's is time. David, Dave is the hatchet man, so I mean that's right. I get to ultimately decide. That's the power that I wield, but. Right now, Mike, you wield all the power because we are curious as to what you are doing specifically. We're curious. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? Well, Dave, um, I was drinking a bush light a minute ago, which is the nectar of the gods. It's delicious cold. It's delicious cold. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Um, it. What about lukewarm or maybe bush even light is very sweet. Bush light is very sweet. Um. It's like a mouthful of corn and seltzer. <laughs> you're, um, you're really selling me on this. Oh, God, I love Bush Light. Anyway, um, today, because because David and I uh, met up at um, Burlington Beer, um, Burlington Beer Company, I uh, bought a beer that I haven't had. Uh, it's as I'm as I'm finding out, uh, it's relatively new. Um, Radical Candor. Um, I haven't, I hadn't seen it there before. I haven't been to Burlington Beer in a while. Um, and I had to say that we went there to their to their new spot down by us, uh, which down by Switchback Brewing. And it's it's literally like right in Switchback's like backyard. Um, and it is beautiful. It's awesome. Their food is their food is what we had. Um, I, I can say that it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Um, I had a fried chicken sandwich. You know, if a place has a chicken sandwich and it's and it's delicious, the rest of the menu is probably delicious. If they can do a good chicken sandwich, and they use they properly use chicken thighs, not chicken breast. I mean, just just great food. Um, that said, I have Radical Candor. It's a New England style IPA. Uh, it's brewed with uh, Vermont grown hops, uh, Crystal hops. Um, 
It comes in at 6.2% alcohol. Um, this is 473 milliliters for those of you who uh, aren't from the U.S. and don't, you know, don't understand pints, uh, real pints, not imperial pints. Ooh, those are fighting words, Mike. They will be later, probably. I'm very sure. You're gonna get some some nasty DMs from people. I'm sure. Uh, and I don't some know of them might no, even be related. They're going to be out in the open in, in, in the beer discord. I, I can I can guarantee you they'll be out in the open. Um, so let's pop into this and see what we get. Um, crystal hops are fun. The crystal hops are really uh, lots of times used for like pilsners and stuff. So we're going to we're going to find out. That was a hard open. That was a that means that's fresh beer. Hasn't been sitting around a while. Oh, it smells like nice. Can design. Um, yeah, I'm going to use my uh, in my new glass that i got from burlington beer it's a it's a a can cup and it's got a cool design on it from their castle in the clouds triple ipa uh which is the only triple ipa that i've actually ever loved um and it's 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 pretty cool design on the can glad to hear that because i bought a four pack of it i haven't tried it yet oh you you bought a four pack of that i did okay i actually didn't even see look to see what you bought yeah, you weren't concerned with me. You were just doing your thing. It's well, just in I, it for yeah, the beer. Was, Actually, no, no, no. You were paying attention to what I bought because I bought English muffins, and you. Gave oh me yes, crap. you did buy. You gave me crap about being English a fan muffins. of toasted bread items, right? <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not a fan. I'm just saying that that it, that an English muffin at when you go out to breakfast is not the star of the is not the star of the the plate. I'm just going to put this out there for our wicked Spursy faithful. I stand on the belief that a good English muffin toasted with, you know, butter, jelly jam, peanut butter on it, whatever it may be, far outweighs a waffle. That's the statement. You can react on our Facebook or whatever it is, because I don't look at that stuff anyway. But uh, you no, can send it to Twitter. Dave checks Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Dave send Twitter. It, go to Twitter. Send it to our Twitter account if you have an opinion on that. But yeah, good English or, or, muffin you know, over waffle. Or Dave's any LinkedIn. Day apparently, he's, he's big on LinkedIn. <laughs> Big, big on LinkedIn. Yeah, because that's a thing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you right now, this this smelling this in coming from the can when I open it is much different than smelling this out of the glass. It, very, it smells very much like lemon. You know, like this like is lemon when we... pledge. Lemon, <laughs> lemon pledge. Lemon pledge smells really nice. I was no. just gonna say this is this is the point in the show where we find out that you accidentally mixed up your cans. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. I'm gonna drink this and drum roll, please. Okay, so um, it's not the best beer I've ever had. It doesn't taste lemony um like it smells it does have a really cool it, it it feels like a cool hops like it doesn't it doesn't blow blow your face off but it kind of rides in a little bit um lacing i don't know about lacing i'm looking at the lacing i don't know about lacing either it seems like one yeah. of those erotic things that beer reviewers throw in there just to sex up their their content 
got a little bit of lacing. So I they, they did look up your advocate to find some stuff about it. <laughs> because it's so new, again, there's not really anything. Uh, this guy is very, very upset. Very upset. And he, uh, it's, Ed, it's Ed the Head. He's from New York. Uh, Ed the Head. Good God. E-D-T-H-E-H-E-A-D. So uh, it took me about 20 minutes to decipher this. Uh, Ed the Head. Um, he's pretty angry. He found it a little bit light on hop and flavor for Burlington beer. That was okay. it. That's the that's only it? review. That's, that's the his review. review? That's the whole review. That's his review. All right. Why Thanks, bother? Ed. He gave it a four point. He gave it a four point one out of five. What the fuck is up with this guy? <laughs> he found it a little bit light. But I'll, I'll give it a four. Um, so this is what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna take one more sip. It's not a four. It's it's a strange it's a strange IPA. Um, Three point five, so close. Um, I can, <laughs> I can, you know, it's 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 very peppery. So it's it's a little bit spicy. It's got kind of like a rye bite to it, which is really weird because it's very, uh, it's very unfiltered. It's it's got that grapefruit juice look, that orange juice look, you know, the fresh squeezed orange juice look. Um, but he's right. It is a little bit of. It is a little bit light on the hops. You don't always need a ton of hops, right? Um, sometimes you're looking for an IPA that's more mall forward. This beer is, you know, it's a 3.5. It's it's good. It's good. I wouldn't drink a ton of them. I will drink four of them <laughs> because I bought them. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, outside of this, um, I got to say, if you're ever searching for Burlington beer, um, don't go into your browser and type in BBC. You're going to get something <laughs> completely different than, than, search than off. what you're actually looking for. Uh, it's BBC O, um, Burlington Beer Company, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna find exactly what you want if you if you do it that way. Um, and they're a phenomenal. They're a phenomenal company. Um, and and everything they do is completely sustainable and and i i just love it there i just sometimes think that they have too many ipas but um i love it there i love their beers and uh i would always suggest going there especially now that they have the big restaurant with the food and stuff um and while we're on this dave i just want to also mention um that um one of the things that made our um our time together great on Monday was that um, we had a friend send us um, some wonderful gifts. Um, uh, a friend of the pod sent us some wonderful gifts from, uh, from, uh, from overseas. And I just wanted to say, uh, give a heartfelt thank you. Um, we got a brand new glass from uh, Beavertown Brewing, which is Tottenham based brewery. Um, we haven't had the beer yet where I'm working on a way to get it. And I'm going to find out how to get it. Um, there's got to be a way. There's always a way, isn't there? But I just wanted to give a heartfelt thanks to uh, to um, any of our listeners. Um, I'm I'm always I'm always 
accepting of any beers that anybody wants to send me. So you can DM me. <laughs> <if you want. laughs> no, you know, um, Mike, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because that that individual. Yeah, it's an amazing I, gift. It's a great glass. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. nice. It's a wonderful it's a, glass. It's so light and just it's so an awesome glass. It's it's light and thin. It's uh it's that roughly twelve ounce st- size. It uh, handles a giant whiskey ice cube very well. Just throwing that out as a as another scenario. But the person who sent that, I don't think they want to be identified, so we'll keep it that way. But the backstory is like I've been I've been looking on the extra inch Discord on the beer chat, and we'd always see these Beaver Town glasses. I was like, I got to figure out how to get a hold of those. I wanted to get one for myself and for Mike and Steve. And they won't ship to the U.S. Beavertown would not do that. And um, this individual is like, "Hey, I'll track him down and get him to you." And just the just that gesture alone was was fantastic and awesome. So when I received those and opened them up, I was pretty excited. And that's why I was getting together with Mike the other day to drop those off so that he could um, take his and get it to Steve and and my my son Logan, who just turned twenty one. For those of you not in the United States, that's drinking age. So my son Logan was able to join us for a couple beers as well it was a good good time all together so thanks for bringing that up mike appreciate it yeah yeah all right so this has been hey mike what you drinking that was burlington beer uh radical candor you said 3.5 on that bad boy right mike yeah radical radical candor radical candor all right this has been this week's episode of hey mike what you drinking so we appreciate it as always steve it's time for our next fun segment are you ready to rock man I'm always ready to rock. I'd, I'd love to know what's going on in Steve's little conspiracy corner. I, I have a feeling Steve's got something brewing in the corner for us. Oh, I've got a good one for you guys. Mike touched on it briefly, but we all know Christian Romero is close to his yellow card accumulation suspension, which would see him out for a couple of games. And I, it's not super ideal, uh, particularly that, We're coming towards the end of the season. Top four is within our reach. Uh, But more importantly, we still have a match with our arch rivals, uh, Woolwich, uh, that has yet to be scheduled. I'm here to tell you folks, all of you listening right now, the reason that match hasn't been scheduled is because the Premier League is waiting to see which matches Romero is going to miss due to yellow card accumulation so that they can schedule that fucking game for like the day of uh, that, that suspension. They do not want Christian Romero playing against Woolwich and they are going to do everything in their power to make sure that that game gets played when his suspension is on. Actually, hold on. Pause. Mike. What do we do when when we think that Steve's conspiracy corner is not a conspiracy? It's just like accurate thought being shared. Like, what do we do with Steve in this situation? I'm I'm at a loss. I don't know. I think he might be on to something. <laughs> I think Mike's talking to us. I don't know. I saw you unmute, but you're you're not. I, I said I don't know. I, there, there you go. go. I got you. Yeah. Why is it taking so long for me to unmute? Just so you guys know, I was muted because I was stuffing my face with the, with uh, my dinner, which is tortilla chips and uh, and salsa. But um, I, I think, he, I think he's right. Steve, Mike. What's that? He's right, isn't he? You know, he's I, I, he probably is. The league fucking hates us. The league hates us, which is the reason the the league allowed the 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 first competition to be um, to be postponed anyway. They have. 
they have rescheduled all of our games in hand except the one right right so it's one of two things steve's fucking right because they want fucking 800 goals to be scored in that game and they then they want spurs to lose by one one goal or here's my thing is that they're saving till the end of the year when it actually fucking means something for champions league and if we win we are either going into champions league or we're tying them for champions league on some sort of crazy goal differential tie where they have to have a playoff and then the playoff will be played the very next weekend after the after we beat fucking Woolwich. Steve, I, I feel like the, Mike, I agree with you also. And that end of, end of the year cannons and fuck the EPL. St- Steve, <laughs> this is not the conspiracy corner. This is like Steve's keen observations this week. And I, I think we have to rename this segment. Do you have anything well, else to share with us? Like, what else can you do? No, if yeah, you, you think that's reasonable wild. and within the realm of possibility, I'm here to bring it even a step further. And I'm going to say that the game preceding the Woolwich rescheduled game after Romero has picked up his yellow card suspension, you are going to see Bentinker either get injured or the Premier League ref assigned to that game is going to give him a straight red card to make sure that he can't participate in the Woolwich game either. We've seen how effective Bentinker has been in that midfield, particularly because, as I mentioned earlier, it has improved Hoiberg as well. The only way that Woolwich can compete with us at this point is if Bentinker is gone and Romero is gone. Romero, obvious one, yellow card accumulation. Bentinker is where you really see the Premier League targeting Tottenham to make sure that we lose that game and miss out on top four. They are going to find an excuse to give Bentinker a straight red before he has to play Woolwich. And then we are going to see Harry Wink step in there. And we all know the level of play that is associated with a Wink's Hoybeard pivot in the midfield. It is not going to be pretty, ladies and gentlemen. It is going to be a nightmare. And then we'll have to cope with these goddamn fucking Woolwich fans bragging about how we beat Spurs to top four, even though their entire fucking first team shouldn't have even been able to play because of their stupid bullshit COVID rescheduling earlier on. They're not going to see the irony in it at all. They're going to think that they earned a victory. And we all know All of us listening to this podcast know that it's just the Premier League specifically taking a huge dump on Tottenham Hotspur and our top four hopes. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Steve's obvious comments, and uh, we appreciate you sharing (laughs) everything, Steve. I I can't even respond. I can't dispute a thing you said. The crazy thing is, if Benton Kerr does get a red card before the Woolwich game, People are going to look at me as some sort of fucking Nostradamus future teller type person. And suddenly you guys will take me seriously. Me and my bullshit conspiracies that I make up on the spot with zero preparation are actually the honest to God's truth. Future teller type person. That'd be a pretty good episode title as well. Steve Stradamus, future teller type person. (laughs) 
I don't know. Oh, we might yeah. be onto something. Mike, what are you thinking about, man? We uh, we don't need to prognosticate upcoming <clears throat> matches because we still have time for that next week. But just what's on your mind in Spurs land right now? So, um, I'm I'm looking forward to possibly having Skippy back um, for uh, what they say Villa probably. Um, that's really nice. Uh, I um don't. My big thing is that um, I, I'd like to talk about. Um, since we don't have a match coming up this week, um, I would like to talk about um, the fact that I think we have a settled lineup. Um, outside of what can happen, you know, obviously with the yellow cards and and Ben Kerr's uh, pending red card, and and maybe even uh, Kulisevsky's, um pending red card for being a Macedonian vampire. Um, so just to just to propel Steve's little conspiracy a little bit, um, I, I really think we settled on a lineup and and um, it looks like our, our uh, we, we have a good set of, um, you know, bit players to come in and 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 relieve the players that are that are uh, out there working their asses off every week. We don't have midweek games that we have to deal with. So I think that people being able to uh, play a, play a really tough match, play a hard fought match, play a match where they just run their asses off, um, you know, till about death. Um, I, I think it, it's going to play into our hands. Um, Conte's system is built so that, so that, you know, they run, they don't just run the shit out of themselves. They run the shit out of their, their defense too. I think you saw that in West Ham. Um you know, right around, right around uh, 55, 60 minutes, you could see like all of those West Ham players were fucking just spent, just completely spent. They were, they were done chasing, chasing Kane and, and Son and Kulisewski around. Like when you're done chasing Harry Kane around, you've got a problem. Sonny was making crazy runs. Uh, Kulisewski was, like again, I, I I'm just gonna call him the shark because he doesn't ever stop moving. Um, like even even Benton Kerr, um, Benton Kerr, uh, you know, had some amazing passes. He set up. He set. He helped set up uh, one of the goals. Um, he set up a, an amazing try. Like these guys, these guy, these guys are all starting to work together as a team in, through this system. They're they're. Um, and you can see it's, it's also, it's, it's almost like basic football, right? It's like working in triangles back and forth across the field. Um, I think you're going to start to see, uh, Reggie and very soon, um, playing into this system. Um, he's still struggling a little bit to pick it up. And I, you know, I, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt with the COVID stuff, but I think it's that he's struggling to pick up the, the system a little bit. Um, he, <laughs> I, I think a lot of his problem and, and just, this is just the eye because of the eye test is that his problem is that he's got a, a little bit of a thing. He wants to score goals. I think he sees, he sees this position that he, this new position he's playing as an opportunity to score goals um, in, in, in this new system. And uh, it, it, it absolutely is because it's, it's built for him to pass, to pass across the field to the other side. Um, 
it, it's built for the wing backs to set up the, the three guys up front. Right. And um, to, to be honest, Doherty's still playing very fine. He really is. Um, so we're set in this, we're set in this lineup and I like, and I like what I'm seeing. And I think week to week with a week's preparation, these guys can get fit. They can get their tactics set for the next game. Um, we might be seeing a bit of a run because I think, I still think if you look at the XG, you look at the stats, um, the advanced stats and stuff, we should have beat Man or Man U. Um, if not for, you know, a fucking 400 year old rapist, um, <laughs> we would have had three, we would have had three wins. We would have had nine points out of that. So I, I just, I really think that, that this, this Spurs team is going to get even more exciting because uh, there's a guy that has been mentioned with Spurs for a long, long, long time. That's coming to a point in his career where he just told his team to fuck off and he might be available on a free in the summer. And you know who I'm talking about. So DK Mike strikes again. I would be honored to play for this team. Thank you for the shout out. <laughs> We've been talking about Steve for years. Every time, every time a contract comes up, Steve's like, um, I got all serious there, but you know, a Paolo Dybala is, is uh, going to be available. He made it known that he's going to be available. And this might be the time for Spurs to, to pounce. I mean, he's, he is a little bit older, but if you can get a guy like that for a couple of years, you, you don't take a guy with that kind of talent and just say, nah, let's not even try. You know, you got to give it a shot. You got to give it a shot if there's anything close to interest, you know? And I think Prodigy's the guy. I mean, I mean, we might as well just stock up our team with Juve guys, right? Yeah, let's grab McKenny while we're at it too, right? We'll be Juve Northwest. That'd be pretty cool. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, Weston. Weston. Hey. Hey, Steve, uh, closing thoughts. What's on your mind? What's on my mind? Um, that is a great question. You know what? I really don't have much on my mind right now. I'm, I'm feeling very uh, longing for the next Spurs game. I feel like this international break has come at an inopportune time for us. Um, and to make matters worse, this is like, must win uh, soccer for our U.S. men's team uh, if we're going to consider going to the, uh, you know, Human Rights uh, World Cup this winter. Uh, you know what? I, I, I also just want to make that comment. Harry Kane came out. He said that England had a 30-minute talk about the human rights issues in, in Qatar or Qatar or whatever the fuck that the proper pronunciation is for uh, that dumpster fire of a country. Um, and it's like, you know, th this isn't new, right? Like there have been human rights issues in that part of the world for fucking years and years and years. Why are you just now coming out to talk about it? Like this, this has been something that has been brought up by other, uh, other countries. I think Norway, um, they're, they're, uh, uh, football group there has come out and, and spoken against it but they also don't really have a horse in the race right it's not like them boycotting it is is going to make a big deal um 
but this is definitely something I, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that if you are a figurehead in, in some particular area, you know, you've got people looking up to you, you have a, a platform with a wide reach, it is your moral obligation to use that platform for the betterment of, of civilization as a whole, right? And I think that it's, it's almost disingenuous uh, for the England team to take 30 minutes to just talk about the complexities of the human rights in the Middle East, uh, Qatar in particular, uh, and, and try to play it off like, oh, you know, our eyes are open, we see what's going on. This has been happening for a while. If you're only now seeing it after 30 minutes of talking about it in a mandatory team meeting, it just, you know, that, that doesn't feel to me like you're really concerned about what's going on there. It, it's, it's like a publicity stunt, you know, not necessarily something that you should be doing because it's the right thing uh, to do. And, you know, I just, I have a big problem with, with these disingenuous folks who insist on doing the right thing because it, it's a, it makes their image look good, not because it's the right thing to do by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so thanks, I guess, for, for calling that out. But I think most of us in, in the Western world, at least, are well aware um, of the shitty human rights issues that are going on there and have, you know, even before they were uh, awarded the World Cup uh, through, in my opinion, some uh, shenanigans, to, to say it nicely, um, we all knew that it was a dumpster fire. We all knew it was a shitty idea. It was terrible and it wasn't motivated by football. It was motivated by money. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I just encourage uh, all of you listening uh, to me ramble on right now, you know, uh, take some time, look into some of these issues that are going on. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm sure all of us are going to want to watch the World Cup. We've all, you know, it's, it's a sport we enjoy. It's a competition we enjoy. Um, and despite the horrific things that have happened, you know, it's not like this won't be a profitable thing for FIFA one way or another. I just encourage you when you do inevitably watch these games this, this upcoming winter that you understand the literal blood that went into bringing it to this particular region and what that means, not just to the, the players, not just to the coaches or the federations, uh, but to the families of, of the, the poor, unfortunate people who lost their lives uh, trying to, to put together some of these stadiums and try to make this happen. So context is king here. Make sure that you at least listen to those stories and, and have that in the back of your mind as, as you're inevitably watching. Know that we in the future can and definitely should do better uh, to make sure that we're sending the right message to, to our children, to future generations, and we're creating a worldwide community of, of um, football fans, soccer fans that actually care about the world around us. And I'll leave it at that. Be oh, well put. Not much more I can say after that. Mike, I envy you because I'm going to ask you closing thoughts and I don't know where you're going after that one, but what do you have for us? I was just going to talk about U.S. men's soccer. Um, 
uh, and uh, having three matches in the next in the next week, they need to uh, they need to at least draw and win two. I feel to be to be very safe, so they don't end up in a playoff. Um, but just to kind of echo Steve's Steve's uh, sentiments, uh, the the human rights atrocities that are happening overseas, we knew we we know that it's happening. Um, I don't think that there's anything that we can do to change that now. Um, I, I understand what he's saying. I understand what you're saying, Steve, that it's maybe a token, you know, gesture on the part of the England team. And I'm sure a lot of these teams will make it a token gesture. Um, but I think they also understand that this, this, this steam engine is already going. It's it's already on it's already on the tracks and it's going a thousand miles an hour, you know, toward the World Cup. There's probably no changing that now. But what I don't we know. can yeah, what we can do as, as soccer fans, as football fans, um, is is to make sure that we call it out in the same way that we, you know, as soccer English soccer fans, especially, and soccer fans did around the world, is call out call out the uh the the shenanigans that happened with the super league right <clears throat> um different circumstances but if if the fans start to speak out about the things that are happening in these countries where they're allowing these these competitions to happen same same thing happened with russia right um we knew that there were human rights atrocities happening even in Russia at the time, um, with with the the trans the trans and 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 uh, the LGBTQ uh, folks being being um, being, for lack of a better term, uh, abused and jailed even, um, you know, in that country, and we allowed the World Cup to happen there. Uh, we allowed Olympics to happen there, like we have to get together as fans to, to make a difference. We did it with the super league shit. Um, and that was about money. This is also about money, but there's also underlying circumstances, you know, in this. So, um, that's what I'm going to say on that. Um, I don't know that it was just a token gesture. Maybe it was, but, um, the U S men's team has, some games they have to win. So as U.S. fans, I think the best thing that we can do to support our team, to support our our international club, is to tune in, especially uh, tomorrow night. Um, they're playing a game in Mexico. It's going to be a very tough game, a very hard-fought game. Um, we've beat Mexico the last two times. Uh, they're not used to that. And now that we're going to their ground, it's going to be a very, very, very tough game for them to, to play. Uh, we have some injured players. Um, I don't know that Serginho Dest is going to be playing. Uh, he, he's been injured, um, you know, in, in league play. Uh, Weston McKenney has been on and off uh, injured. Um, but the best thing that we can do it, to, to support our team is to tune in to that game. I know it's late. Um, it's a late game. It's a 10 p.m. game tomorrow night. So if you can tune in, cheer on your team. Uh, the U.S. The U.S. Uh, for what it's worth has been reviled 
for years and years and years because they take players from other countries. Um, they don't necessarily use homegrown players um, to, to fill their teams. This team um, is filled to the brim with homegrown players outside of Serginio Dest, um, who is an exception to that rule. But um, I, I love this team. I do. I love watching this team. I think they're very exciting. I think that their style of soccer is is a little is a little different. I think our coach is on off uh, shit and good. Um, but support your support your national teams. I mean, that's what international break is all about. That's what these play. That's what these players are going out to do is to support their countries. Um, and and nationalism isn't always good. It is good when you're when you're cheering on your team um, and having a little pride in your country for their for their athletic ability and, and extracurriculars. Um, so so I, just go out and cheer on your team, your U.S. team, whether it's the men or the women. You know, I want to. Um, didn't mean for us to get all somber here at the end, but I think there's some important <laughs> things have been talked about, and I just want to kind of jump on what you both talked about. And that's, that's the state of the world today. You know, there are, um, there are war crimes being committed at this moment by Russia and Ukraine. And uh, I, I love the distraction that, that our love for football can provide us and uh, our day-to-day lives can provide us. Um, I was just told today about a former colleague of mine who was having a tough time and I hadn't put the pieces together, but this person's having a tough time because their spouse is from Ukraine. And so in their own household, like they're just navigating like what that all means, you know, in, in your own house. And, you know, one thing I've realized is um, as much as we'd like things in the world to be black and white, cut and dried, you know, it's this way or it's that way, things are seldom like that. There's unfortunately a lot of gray in the world that has to be sorted through in, in order to make sense of things and understand things. But one thing I have found, like when we talk about the, the World Cup, Steve, when we talk about... Um, previous Olympics, all those different things is as human beings, like we have this tendency to put up with a lot of bullshit so that we can get what we want. Right. <laughs> so that, so that dollars aren't affected so that entertainment isn't affected, et cetera. And we have this tendency to, to turn a blind eye. And I think that's the biggest issue that we may be facing in this moment in our world is it, it it's starting to bear fruit that guess what, when you turn a blind eye, to corruption and hypocrisy, Premier League with, you know, oligarchs, as an example, um, when you turn a blind eye to get what you want, there are ramifications down the road. And I guess I'll end my little rant by quoting the great Ted Lasso, who I have heard say a number of times, the right thing to do is never the wrong thing. And I think that's true, right? Like we gotta, we gotta have that approach as a civilization, as societies, as human beings, Always got to remember the right thing to do is never the wrong thing. The right thing to do might be hard. It might be inconvenient. It might mean we have to do without things that we want, but that doesn't make it the wrong thing to do. So with that, I'm going to zip these lips on this bad boy. Gentlemen, it's always fun. Uh, Listeners, we appreciate you and love you. Uh, Steve, anything to say before we wrap up? Don't be an asshole. And Mike? Quiz, 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 quiz. Be safe.